Cryptocurrency regulation talk heats up. Dan Niles makes a big move on Apple, and the casino stocks are hit due to new regulation and crackdowns. This is the Running With The Money podcast. Let's get into it. And we're back. It's another day in the markets. We have the Dow Jones closing up 236 points, S&P 500 up 37, and the NASDAQ up 123. Meanwhile, we saw the Rust 2K move up 22 points. That's a percent on the Rust 2K, and the VIX continue to drop down 6.47%. So what is going on in the markets? What is happening and what is concurring? Well, at the end of the day, everyone's talking about this crash that's supposed to happen in the markets, but What's happening? Well, it's not happening. Um, Today, we actually saw, for instance, QQQ break down through that 21 EMA, and then it bounced, and at the end of the day, it formed somewhat of a green hammer. So that is an interesting uh, technical outlook there. But shifting away from the nitty and gritty of the market, uh, we're going to get into one of the major, more major headlines um, over the course of yesterday and today, and that is this SEC hearing um, that we had in front of the Senate Banking Committee. So, uh, SEC Chairman Gary Gensler um, did testify in front of the Senate Banking Committee on a Tuesday afternoon. Now, Gensler, in his his prepared remarks, we actually read through this not too long ago, he said, quote, we just don't have enough investor protection in crypto finance, issuance, trading, and or lending. He went on to say, frankly, at this time, it's more like the Wild West or the Old world of buyer beware that existed before the securities laws were enacted. This asset class is rife with fraud, scams, and abuse in certain applications. And I couldn't agree more with the last sentence that there is a lot of fraud, there is a lot of scams, and there is a lot of abuse going on currently in the cryptocurrency space. You're seeing a lot of these new cryptos come out, and frankly, there's absolutely nothing to them, and it's just Honestly, uh, they're called shit coins for a reason. Now, shifting away from that, I want to talk about what actually concurred in the hearing, some of the things we heard. And Gensler called for, quote, an aggressive approach to policing cryptocurrency um, in front of the Senate Banking Committee. So that's definitely something to pay attention to. Gensler seeming to believe that he would like um, all of the cryptocurrency market under the SEC protection. He went on to say it's a highly speculative asset class, and you'll find I'm not negative or minimalist about crypto, but I just think it would be best if it's inside the investor protection regime that Congress has laid out, the SEC. Um, So, He believes that the cryptocurrency space should be under the jurisdiction of the SEC. Congress mostly agrees from what I have read here, and the Senate Banking Committee absolutely grilled him on crypto. Um, But just after this, we got an interview out of Ray Dalio. So he had an interview with CNBC, and Ray Dalio went on to say um, basically a few interesting things. On Wednesday, in an interview with CNBC, he said, quote, I think at the end of the day, if it's really successful, they will kill it and they will try to kill it. And I think they will kill it because they have ways of killing it. Now, what is the it in that quote? It is Bitcoin, because this came right after a day after the SEC hearing where basically not only the Senate Banking Committee, but also the SEC chairman, Gary Gensler, are both calling on cryptocurrency crackdown and 
even more regulation of the space, policing, unquote. Um, so if you don't know who Ray Dalio is, he is the founder of the world's largest hedge fund, Bridgewater Associates. So he's a pretty credible dude, in my opinion. Now, what else did he say? He said, quote, you have El Salvador taking it on and you have India and China getting rid of it. And you have the United States talking about how to regulate it and it could be controlled, Dalio said. He went on to say, there are so many things in a historical perspective that didn't have intrinsic value and had perceived value. And then it went hot and it became cold. It could be either way. You just have to know what it is. It could be tulips in Holland. So Ray Dalio here, really not the most confident on it. He pretty much said it could be something it could not. Um, He also went on to say that it can be killed and that these crypto junkies, um, I call them, who believe that cryptocurrency, specifically Bitcoin, cannot be stopped, frankly, do not know what they're talking about. Um, And then Ray Dalio rounded out the interview by saying, I think it's worth considering all the alternatives to cash and all the alternatives to other financial assets. Bitcoin is a possibility. I have a certain amount of money in Bitcoin. Going on and ending the interview with, it's an important, it's an amazing accomplishment to have brought it from what, where that programming occurred to where it is through the test of time. So he has pretty much in essence said in this interview that if Bitcoin becomes mainstream and it becomes a big thing, he does believe that the U.S. government is going to kill it, um, mostly because of its threat to the U.S. dollar. He then goes on to say that you have countries adopting it and other countries absolutely not liking it. And he sees the U.S. regulation, in my opinion, from the way I read it, somewhat as a threat to Bitcoin. And then he rounded this out with a historical perspective in that um, Bitcoin currently has perceived value, not real value. Um, and who knows if it's going to stay hot and actually become a mainstream asset class, uh, or it could all just be fiddle and foddle and absolutely nothing. We'll just have to stick around for the next decade and see what Bitcoin becomes. You know how it goes. Either way, um, shifting away from all the cryptocurrency talk, crypto regulation talk, I figured we'd throw that in there. Some good stuff for those crypto people. And FYI, you take a look at crypto today and you see Bitcoin up 3.59%, 48,000 currently, just a day after all of this talk about cryptocurrency regulation. Very interesting. Now, shifting into this call by Dan Niles on Apple. What did he do? Well, Dan Niles, he is the founder and manager or a manager of the Statory Fund, a pretty darn big fund, um, reversed their position on Apple, making it a large short position. That's right. He is shorting Apple. Now, why is he shorting Apple? Well, he said in an interview, uh, quote, in the month leading up to a new product launch, the stock is up about 76% of the time. Then the day they actually do the product launch, the stock is actually down 76% of the time and struggles for the next two weeks. So that was one of his reasons for shorting it, but he also had a few other major reasons on a fundamental basis or more fundamental basis um, for shorting Apple here. He also said the Apple Epic Games court ruling, um, he called that, quote, a bigger issue um, due to mostly the effects of of the court ruling on Apple's 30% fee that they take um, from pretty much everyone on the App Store with those purchases and amounts. They're cut off the top to gain access to the Apple marketplace and this Apple user base. Um, So he does believe it's going to actually have a bigger effect on quote or it's going to be a bigger issue. Um, And then he also believes that the pandemic gave Apple a large boost. And he's not completely wrong about this. He said, quote, the company benefited tremendously from COVID 
Um, and then he went on to say that the Mac and iPad sales were down year over year going into the pandemic. But then just after the pandemic started, those sales surged. And he believes that as Apple normalizes, the economy normalizes and this whole COVID thing completely goes away, that sales are going to revert, that growth is going to revert, and you're going to see the same exact trend. The market's going to be disappointed about that. And you're going to see Apple moving into the downside here in the next quarter. Now, he also touched on this new launch out of Apple, saying a non-revolutionary iPhone thought 13 launch was one of the main reasons that he decided he would get rid of um, his long on Apple and short Apple. Uh, he said that it, quote, is not revolutionary like the 5G launch was last year. Um, so maybe he doesn't think the demand's going to be there for the iPhone 13. So a lot of interesting reasons out of Niles as to why he wouldn't actually pick up or buy um, Apple here for the long term, and he'd rather short the name here in the short term. Very interesting. Now, now, Niles also noted some very interesting things um, going ahead. He said uh, that his firm is also short a basket of S&P 500 and NASDAQ names. Um, he did not name those names, but he said he believes there'll be a 10 to 20% correction by the end of the year in the markets um, as the Federal Reserve starts to remove that stimulus that they've been injecting ever since the beginning of the pandemic. So very interesting stuff coming out of investor and manager and founder Dan Niles. Now, shifting into the biggest analyst calls of the day, I would like to kick it off with this call by Wells Fargo initiating MGM and DraftKings as overweight. Now, I like both MGM and DraftKings, especially DraftKings in the sports in the sports betting space. And the stock has been running into all of these sports seasons, especially the NFL sports season, kicking up here. Um, in fact, in just the past little bit, if you take a look in the past month, DraftKings up 11.85% in the past three months, up 22%. So the stock is preparing for the busy season for these online sports betting names. Uh, Wells Fargo said, quote, similar to many other digital industries, scale is key, and thus we favor a larger USSB uh, sports betting forward slash iGaming operators over the comparatively small still ramping platforms. I like that. I'm going with the big dogs, going with the best in class. I very much do like DraftKings. It's a leader in the sports betting space, the digital sports betting space. I like it. One to check out. I like this call by Wells Fargo. Now, shifting into another call by Susquanchia Capital or Susquanchia, um, reiterating Boeing as positive. And finally, we got some talk on Boeing. My, oh my, this name has been sitting in the back for a while. Full disclosure, it's one of my core positions. I own quite a bit um, of Boeing here on a personal basis. I do have have. It's one of my core positions. It's one of the most sizable positions amongst my portfolio. I take a look at Boeing. It's down 11% in the past three months. It's down in the past month, 8%. In the past five days, it's up just a percent. And on a year-to-date basis, it's practically done nothing, um, up just 0.07%. So what did the firm have to say about Boeing? They said, quote, while Boeing continues to have some unanswered questions related to the ongoing or ungrounding of the 737 MAX in China, still expected in Q4 of 2021, timing of the 787 fix, restarting deliveries, and the subsequent production reacceleration we believe answers to these questions will serve as potential catalyst for the stock over the next several months so pretty much they're saying here that the 737 max uh ungrounding in china which is expected in q4 of 2021 that will be a positive catalyst the timing of the 787 fix the restarting of deliveries in the reacceleration and production those will all serve as catalyst to boeing um upside catalyst specifically and they also believe the answers to 
all the other questions surrounding the company, especially just the comeback overall and the recovery and air travel continuing and travel continuing. And also, I throw another catalyst in there, the dying of the COVID-19 pandemic. If all of those things concur, all of those should act as positive catalysts to the stock and it should move to the upside. I take a look at Boeing. It's currently sitting at 214 bucks a share. Um, I continue to like Boeing. I take a look at the past six months. It's been continually moving to the downside since April. I think that Boeing is a buy here. I think you hold it for the long term. I think this company has a long way to go. It's still within a recovery, and I think it is going to continue, or I think it's going to rebound and start moving to the upside very, very soon. Now, shifting into a call by JP Morgan on a big dog, Disney reiterating its overweight opinion on the name. They said, quote, we have observed several developments since earnings, including one star plus launched in Latin America on August 31st, which is a potential driver for Disney plus subs given its attractive combo plus bundle pricing. Now, Number two, the parks continuing their recovery. And three, Disney announced its commitment to exclusive theatrical releases for films slated through the end of 2021. So all of those very positive things coming out of Disney. It's more that um, them saying, yeah, we like the fact that they're getting that digital stuff, the streaming stuff. That's accelerating. We like that they're pushing that into Latin America. We also like the fact that the parks are continuing to recover. um, And we like what's happening with their theatrical releases and commitments. So they're thinking those are all positive catalysts for the stock. That the stock is a buy and it can continue to move higher. I think Disney is a buy. It's another one of those holdings of mine. It's a major core position holding. Um, It's currently sitting at $184 a share. It feels like it's been there for absolutely ever. In the past three months, it's only moved up 5.58%. On a year-to-date basis, only up 1.78%. That's a pretty lousy return on a year-to-date basis. Um, So we could see more upside coming out of Disney here and JP Morgan liking the name. Now, shifting into a call by Stifle on C-Limited. Yes, that's right. It's one of your favorites, ticker symbol SE. It's one of those names that has absolutely been killing it on a performance basis. I take a look. SE currently trading at 337 a share. Actually quite a distance now off those highs that were all the way up around 353. I take a look at the performance. It's up 22% in three months. It's up 10% in the past month. Um, and it's up 69.62% on a year-to-date basis and 125% in just the past year alone. Now, what did Stifle have to say about C Limited? They said, quote, concurrent with our industry update, we are upgrading shares of SE to buy. C Limited has executed except over the past few years, reporting impressive growth in e-commerce and digital entertainment users. I 100% agree with that statement. That is a factual statement. We have actually broken down ticker symbol SEC Limited um, over at Running With The Money several times throughout the past 12 months. And every single time I finish those articles and I say, holy smokes, that's a phenomenal company. When can I buy it? That company, SE Limited, is a company that you definitely want to look into. Go check it out. Start researching ticker symbol SE Stifle, thinking it's a buy. Now, shifting into our last and final call, analyst call of the day, and that is City reiterating Amazon as a top pick, saying, quote, Amazon is our top buy-rated internet stock. We continue to see ample room for growth in Amazon's B2B services augmented by potential acceleration in markets outside the U.S., I like Amazon, um, especially as Amazon continues to go global and not just U.S. I very much like the company. The balance sheet is rock solid. Um, they continue to grow by double digits. Um, and frankly, I think all the negativity over at Amazon is typically overdone. The headlines are overdone. Amazon, solid company, solid management team, very liable, strong financials. And honestly, 
they're the leader in e-commerce, and I don't think they're going anywhere. Everyone goes to Amazon for everything when it comes to shopping online. At least that's what it seems. Um, and it's one of those products, it's one of those companies that is not going away. Um, that is why it is one of the famed Fang stocks. Now, shifting into this casino stock meltdown. Oh, my goodness. What's going on with casinos? What's happening over there in Macau? Now, casino stocks were under pressure for the second day. That's today. Today's the second day that casino stocks have been under pressure due to two things. First off, Chinese health regulators came out and said there's been a COVID outbreak over there in Macau, especially around uh, the casinos, which is not good stuff. Now, what else are they doing? Well, they're cracking down, and we're going to get into that. So, according to CNN, on Tuesday, Macau announced a 45-day public consultation that observes fear um, will lead to tighter regulations on the lucrative or observer's fear that this consultation, this 45-day public consultation, will lead to um, regulations on the lucrative gambling industry and an extension of the recent crackdown on private business by Chinese authorities. Oh, no, that's not good stuff for the casinos when resorts fell 8% this morning. And we also saw other names like MGM and Las Vegas Sands fall a little over 4%. Now, we take a look at what happened here um, with the government. And on quote, the Macau government has decided to conduct a comprehensive review and improvement of the existing legal system on the basis of past regulatory experience, the current situation of the gaming industry, and Macau's economic development, um, the government's statement said. Now, they were on the say, actually, uh, Macau's economic and financial secretary, Lee Wei, Nong told reporters um, that several areas in the territory of Macau, nine areas to be specific, were under review, and that those areas include the, a number of gambling licenses issued and their duration will be reviewed, a stronger review mechanism for approving operators and employee welfare, according to CNN and other sources, CNBC being another source for this little blip here on casinos. So that's not good stuff. We got a COVID outbreak over there in Macau, which is a big time business area um, for these casino names. And also we have regulatory crackdown. Oh no, COVID outbreak, regulatory crackdown by China. And we all know what happens over there in China. When they say they're going to crack down on a regulation basis on an industry or specific name, it typically does not end well for the company. For instance, let's take a look at Alibaba, completely different industry, but they got cracked down on sitting at 157 a share. Holy smokes. That name continues to move to the downside. These China names are getting nailed because China is just cracking down time and time and time again on what seems to be every industry. Last week or a few weeks ago, it was video games. Now it's casinos. What's freaking next? So it's something to pay attention to. It's something um, definitely you don't want to be exposed to when it comes to this China regulation. I would not want to be exposed to any industry that could be nailed, absolutely nailed by China. I wouldn't want to be, and that's why I'm not, frankly. Um, so I am paying attention to the overall market. I'm paying attention to what is happening over there in China. And a lot of not so good stuff's happening in China. I don't own any China, um, and I don't want to own China. I'm going to be very blunt about this. I think that their regulatory crackdowns continue industry by industry over there, um, and the casinos happening to be the target today. So definitely pay attention to that area. You could get some opportunity um, if these China fears, these China regulation fears, continue to press these casino names down because they're not bad companies. A lot of their business is not in China. It's just a portion. Um, and names, for instance, like Win you're going to want to pay attention to. I take a look at tip, ticker symbol WYNN, that's Wynn Resorts. 
in my own mind, you could have an opportunity on your hands if this thing continues to move to the downside. It's down 5.81 points today, 86 bucks a share, um, and it's continually making, or it seems to be heading to those lows. It's down 31% in three months. It's down on a year-to-date basis, 23%. It's down 17% in five days. It's 52-week low was 67.70. That's not too far off from this 86.44 level, so definitely pay attention to that. MGM is also, and Las Vegas Sands are also two great casino names. Maybe you get an opportunity out of this. Got to look at the bright side, but I would not want exposure to this area until I know what is going to happen with regulation over there in Macau and China, so definitely paying attention to that. Now, shifting into um, the watch list, rounding out the show here, and we're going to take a look at a few things, particularly we're going to take a look at a map of performance here, um, a performance map of the overall market. We're going to see what's going on. So today, we actually got, at the beginning of the day, some red action, some sell action, and then the markets rallied throughout the entire day, and a lot of those fears of a crackdown are starting to die off. Now, at the end of the day, I took several positions. I'm going to be completely blunt here. Um, I took several long positions on QQQ, SPY, and actually FAS, um, and I took positions on those names. Why? Because I saw that QQQ seems to be bouncing off the 50-day moving averages, and it's done that consistently. I see that SPY is bouncing off the 50-day moving averages, and it's done that consistently. It seems to be a pattern, um, so it's something I'm paying attention to. Those are some positions I took, um, but as for opportunities in this market, I take a look, for instance, at a past week performance, and what do I see? I see a lot of names down. I see an Amazon down, a Google down, an Apple down nearly 6%. I see Oracle down, Adobe down. These are phenomenal companies moving to the downside. I see Salesforce down. I see Shopify down over 5.5%. Holy smokes. I see PayPal down big. I see Square down big. These are all phenomenal growth names that, frankly, I'm not sure why they're down. They're fine phenomenal growth names. Um, I think that the bottom could be in and all this selling. I could be 100% completely wrong. I'm just predicting out here, but that is a call I am making here today and I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I could be 100% completely wrong. The trade could blow up in my face tomorrow. That's why I'm not going crazy with it, but QQQ, SPY, and FAS, I think the market's going to bounce and those are the positions that I took um, on the long side that I think will benefit from a rebound here in the markets. I see Alibaba down 8.57%. That's due to China fears. I don't want China exposure and I don't think you do either. I see JP Morgan down, Bank of America down, Wells Fargo down, Goldman Sachs down. I mean, there's so many phenomenal names moving to the downside it's hard not to see that. Um, I see a lot of selling over there in healthcare. That tells me a lot of the defensive action is coming off. Where's that money going? My bet it's going into these names, moving to the downside in the growth side. Um, and there's something to pay attention to. So, a lot of phenomenal names moving to the downside. I take a look at the industrials. I see Raytheon down, Boeing down, um, Lockheed Martin down. I see Northrop Grumman down. I go into the Honeywells of the world. I see Honeywell down. I see 3M down. I see GE down. I mean, there are a lot of great names moving to the downside um, and continually moving to the downside. We take a look at semiconductors. I see Taiwan Semi down. I see NVIDIA down. I see Qualcomm down. I see AMD down. Um, and these names are all down in the past five days, actually quite significantly. So pay attention to these names. There's a lot of phenomenal names out there that have been moving to the downside 
downside and could be presenting buying opportunities. It all depends on what you want, the setup you're looking for, and your strategy. But that is the show. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Running With The Money podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. We should be back on Friday. If we're not back on Friday, tweet me and be like, Luke, what the heck is up? Why is the podcast out on Friday? Um, but let me know. You can follow me at Luke Donay on Twitter. Ask any questions you have. If you want your stock broken down, drop it in the comments on any of my posts or at me. Um, you can also do that. Um, also, runningwithmoney.com, you get all of our analysis 100% completely free. So pay attention to that. Check that out. In the meantime, EC Profit Trade On, and I will see you then.